Thanksgiving. I think Friday, I believe it was, it was, it was raining pretty bad, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the past couple of days have been beautiful. Uh, thank God for that. Thank God for the ability to wake up and see the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, just thank God for the opportunity and the ability to come out and fellowship and worship on this morning. Man. Uh, if we think about what's going on in the world, there are so many folks who are being persecuted now and being oppressed uh. who don't have the ability to uh, be in comfort, as you say, as or driving down the street or driving maybe 20 or 30 minutes. So we just got to be thankful for the things that we've been given, no matter how small they may seem to us, because everybody ain't got it like that. Uh, so just continue to uh, uh, pray for and have compassion for the world as long as as well as those that are in uh, this country. Um, also, keep, continue to pray for our members. We have several members who are traveling. Pray for them as well. And I don't see any visitors, but if there are any visitors that do happen to come on by, we want to make sure that uh, it is our obligation to show them love and ensure that they have the ability to fellowship and worship here in this place. Uh, that's their right to receive that, and it's our obligation to give it. So we want to make sure that if that does happen, if they do come, that we are in the right mindset. Um, also, just continue to pray for our, our military members, our, our domestic, uh, everyone who is just supporting and defending this country. Just continue Man. to keep them in your prayers. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to do this. I had to make sure my son was clear before I shared this. But uh, uh, the lesson this morning talks about dealing with a little pressure. So yesterday, my family and I, we did a, a little fun 5K. And um, I, assuming, I, I, it seems as though that was the hardest thing my children have done. So, And I understand it was 5K. So this morning, everybody was waking up and just, I wish I could, I have to explain it to you. When they were coming down the stairs, their bodies were just bent over and everybody was in so much pain. And I'm looking at them and I'm thinking to myself, I'm saying, what? So Jeremiah, my son, you know, he, he came, uh, he was in the bed still. Everybody else had come downstairs. So I, I, he was in the bed and he was struggling, y'all. I'm not even going to lie to you. So I, 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 I massaged his leg and every time I touched his leg, he was, ooh, ooh, ooh. So I'm watching my son, and they're coming downstairs, and I explained to him, I said, I want you all to understand. I want you all to remember how you all feel this morning, because this is how your mom and I feel every single day. So just, so just, I wanted him to understand, in life, you're going to deal with a little pressure and a little pain. So just, you got to roll through it. And I just want to share that. I want to make sure he was clear. Uh, Sister Georgia, thank you for checking on my baby. But she cleared him so I can, I can share that with you all and laugh about it a little bit. Um... <laughs> I was feeling a little bad because before. But uh, so now just very simply this morning, I, I want to uh, go over a, a lesson and I hope to encourage someone as I've been encouraged about discipleship. Um, and in doing so, what I what I looked at was uh, the word Christian. If we think about how the word Christian is used today in society, Christian has been overgeneralized and it's been used by everyone. So if you, I guarantee you, and I always say this, we've always said this, that if you go ask in any circumstance, ask who in this, who in the room at your job or wherever you are, hey, how many of you all are Christians? Everybody's going to raise their hand based on what they believe. But so understanding, and I'm going to give a little context, understanding that Christ, the word Christian, and this is debatable, and the King James Version was mentioned three times, I believe, but the word disciple was used over 250 times. So now when we talk about being a Christian, what we have to understand is that discipleship that is attached to the Christianity in which we live. Yeah. So a lot of people miss that. So when they say, yeah, I want to be a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. We've got to make sure that they understand that discipleship is synonymous with being a Christian. Because yeah. that was used over 250 times. That means, and it's, no, it's not lessening that word Christian, not at all. I want to be very clear on that. But I want to make sure that we understand that when people have the idea of what a Christian is, we very simply give it to them. And discipleship, you all, this morning we'll look at, it equals some pressure. So 
again, as I said, both those words are synonymous. But I want to make sure that we truly understand what it means when we say we're disciples. Yeah. Uh, let me turn my device on. You All right. So pressure. Right. There are several phrases that you know, make folks that, that most folks, you know, when we think about pressure, we use. Robert Horry, I didn't realize that he said this. He, he, I guess he coined that phrase, but it says, pressure can burst a pipe. For some of you all, pressure can bust a pipe. Let me make sure we say it that way as well. Or pressure can make a diamond. So when we look at that phrase, you know, for myself, I just find myself asking, well, why is this in relation to this line of thought in this particular lesson? Why, why, what does this really mean? Why is this so important? Why is everyone using this phrase, and do, when they use that phrase, do they understand what that phrase means? So this morning, what we'll do is we'll go through the Bible and we'll see what it means and not what it means, but specifically what it means to us. So very simply, pressure has the ability to bring out the best or the worst in someone. Right? I think we can all agree on that. I think everybody's on the same page with that. So there are some folks who thrive in pressure. I use myself as an example. I, uh, in my job, and I make the joke, and I, I make the joke all the time, uh, I like to use sports references, and I'm going to use one this morning very quickly. So in my job, I tell folks, listen, if there's something that we got going on, I say, look, man, I'll get, get you a good game. Don't worry about me. I'm going to hold my way. I'm going to get you a good game. But if you're looking for a win in the last two minutes of the game, give me the ball. Right? <laughs> to me, in my job, you know, I, I have been uh, blessed with positions because of having that mentality. Now, it, it gives me in trouble sometimes, a little pressure, but... That's, I make the joke that, that some people thrive in pressure. Some people don't do so well. Then. Some people will fold under that pressure when it's all on them, when they are having to carry a particular circumstance or yeah. carry someone to the finish line. They can't handle it. Listen, there are people who thrive, and then there are people who, again, crumble under the pressure. Yeah. And so we, that very simply, pressure can burst a pipe or bust a pipe, or pressure can make a diamond. We'll look at both of those. So sometimes, again, using myself in the profession that I'm in, to get a particular response or desired outcome or goal, you have to apply the appropriate amount of pressure. Uh -huh. right? You have to. Uh -huh. My kids sometimes, I, to get them to do what I need for them to do, and you know, expeditiously at times, what do I do? I apply the appropriate amount of pressure. Teachers, when they're learning, you know, when they're teaching their students, sometimes they gotta apply a little pressure. And then what we see is some students, they don't respond well to that pressure, right? Because now they're getting that pressure on. Again, in our jobs, you know, like some of us, as I said, we're supervisors. We got to put some pressure on some folks. You know, sometimes we got deadlines. It ain't nothing personal, but we got to put some pressure on. Well, as they say, we got to light a fire, right? Because we need for you to get, we want a desired outcome or a desired goal. Uh, so very simply, pressure, right? So now let's look at pressure and what it means for us and how we can get an application this morning. Under pressure. Samson. Exactly. <laughs> Samson, right? So Samson has something within him, right, that had the ability to be pressured, right? He had the ability, he had, there was something within him. Now, we understand all the goodness and the greatness of who Samson was, the strength and what he did, but we also understand that there was something that was within him that had the ability to be exploited, and it was, right? right. Samson, you know, he was, a, he was a Nazarite. He took that Nazarite vow. And, and just very quickly to understand how important that vow was, in Judges 13, beginning at verse 3, And the angel of the Lord prepared, appeared unto the woman, his mother, Samson's mom, and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Samson. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any 
unclean thing. That, he's talking to his mom. Now, Samson is going to be under the same vow, but it's that serious because his mom couldn't even do it. So that's how serious that vow was. But again, as we said, Samson had something within him. Samson, you know, Samson liked the ladies. You know, he, he did. I mean, we call it what it is. Samson had that in him. He had something that was, uh, had the ability to be exploited, and when the appropriate amount of pressure was put on him, we see what happened. It says, Judges 16, 15 through 18. And she said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me, this is Delilah, mocked me three, these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lies. So now she's putting the pressure on him. She's turning it up on him. You know, because Samson, you know, he had an affinity towards the ladies. Listen, man, I don't want my girl to be mad at me. I want to make sure she understands that I truly love her because, again, there was something that was blocking what he should have been doing. And we see Delilah understanding that and putting pressure. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. That's what pressure will do to you. Pressure will get you in the wrong state of mind. You, yes, it'll, it'll confuse you. It'll have you doing and saying things you didn't realize you could do or say. Yes, the appropriate amount of pressure. Yeah. Verse 17, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, there hath not come a razor upon my head. Listen, you ain't got no business telling that. That ain't her business. That ain't none of her business. Yeah. For I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Mm. Crumbled under the pressure. Yeah. So what? Pressure does what? The pipes. Right. Verse 18. Yes, sir. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the Lord to the Philistines, saying, Hey, look, I got him. He done it. Saying, Come up this once, for he had showed me all his heart. Then the Lord of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. Listen, that was a job for her. Her job was to put pressure on Samson. That was her sole purpose. Put the pressure on him because she saw something in him. He gave them something that had the ability to be exploited. Yeah. The appropriate amount of pressure. All right. Under pressure. Under pressure. Peter. All right. Peter had some pressure put on him as well. So when Jesus was being convicted by the high priest, you know, we saw Peter. We saw that pressure. Now we got to let me, let me do this because we, you know, let's not let's be fair. Peter was scared. You know, he was under, he understood that Jesus, who he had been walking with, was now facing death. Peter himself could also be facing death. Yeah. That's pressure, y'all. Yeah. How many of us, when facing imminent doom and danger, feel the pressure? Get a little, get a little hot to you. Okay? So Matthew 26, beginning at verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and the damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them. Wait, that's pressure, y'all. First of all, I don't want to miss that. Verse 69, that's pressure. Yeah. He ain't got hot yet. Yeah. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. He, that's his response to the pressure. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with the note, I do not know the man. Turning up the pressure. Verse 73, And after a while came unto him they, they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art also one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Pressure does what? The pipes. Mercy. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. Yeah. The appropriate amount of pressure. Yeah. Right? And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crowed, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Again, some people thrive under pressure. Some people will fall. Yeah. Yeah. Pressure. 
All right, so now we got the other side of that phrase that we talked about. You know, precious also makes diamonds, right? So now what we also got to understand about those diamonds is uh, diamonds, that carbon rock within the earth, when it is in a high temperature, high pressure environment, getting pounded, what happens is the pressure turns up and what comes out of that is a diamond. And a diamond is something that everybody wants. It's shiny. It's beautiful. That's pressure. Pressure does that. Now, we talked about the folks who fold under pressure, but we'll also talk about how pressure can strengthen you, yeah. can allow you to do the things that God would have you do in your life. Uh -huh. So pressure. So we'll go back to Samson. All right. Judges, beginning of verse 16, verse 24. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, I got delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. Understand, Samson wasn't no joke. I want to make sure I'm very clear on that. If we understand in Judges, Samson was nothing to be played with. But he had that issue that once the pressure got on him, we saw what happened. So now this is a result of that pressure. And it came to pass when their hearts were married, and they said, call for Samson, that, they made, that they, he may make a sport, and they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. So now Samson, because of the pressure, was now enslaved by his enemies, the Philistines. He was beaten. He was tortured. Also, that guy was his eyes out. That's what happened when he folded under the pressure. And we've got to understand that. That's a result of him uh, not having the ability to stand, withstand that pressure. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand. He had to be led out because of the eye gouge. Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that they held while Samson made sport. So they made a spectacle. Out of Samson, a judge of Israel, a, a spectacle. You had folks on, on the roof. You had folks in the building, all there to see Samson under pressure. All right. Verse 28, and Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged for the Philistines for my two eyes. Under the pressure, Samson said, you know what? I got it. I understand what has happened. I'm going to, through this pressure, still execute the will of God. Understand, that's who Samson was. Samson was born to go out and slay the enemies of God, which is what he's getting ready to do, even under pressure. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and the other with his left. Verse 30, and Samson said, let me die with the Philistines, because I can take the pressure. And he bowed himself with all his might, pushed you all, pressure, putting pressure on those pillars. And the house fell upon the Lord and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. So again, if you know anything about Samson, you know Samson, again, as I say, wasn't no joke. He was taking Philistines out. So in this moment, under pressure, having succumbed to the pressure, he still, that diamond we talked about, still had the ability to execute the will of God, which is to slay his enemies under pressure. All right? Pressure. So we're still talking about that diamond that we're going to get. Now, Peter. Got to go back to Peter, y'all. Peter was under some pressure, you all. All right? He, he was under pressure. But remember Matthew 16 and 17. I'll read very, very quickly. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, the for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
Mm-hmm. Do you all remember when Peter was being sifted? Jesus said, hey, listen, the enemy has asked for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm praying for you because you got a job to do. Yeah. But you got to go through some pressure. Yeah. Now, under the pressure that he went through, all the things, understand, you know, we got to go through some pressure. That record, Again, discipleship equals what? Pressure. Peter, we just read. For an Acts, he gave that fiery sermon, convicted. This is after all that pressure. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith to himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make my, thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, that you should receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the same Peter who under pressure said, no, that ain't me. Pressure has the ability to not only Bust a pipe, but make a dime. Yeah. As we see. Pressure. The appropriate amount of pressure. All right. Y'all hang with me if you will. All right. Paul under pressure. Right? We got to talk about Paul. Acts. Remember Acts 9? Beginning of verse 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Listen, you all. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So now what do we say? Discipleship equals what? So when you claim to be a Christian, understand, you're going to feel some pressure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning of verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Under pressure, we still praise him. Under pressure, we still understood, understand what's been done for us and who it came from and why it was done because of God's great love. Not because of us. So we face the pressure. We deal with the pressure. We understand being a disciple or being a Christian results in us being under pressure. So to think that you going through a Christian walk is going to be easy, that's not what Jesus said. He didn't tell Paul that. We see Peter, when he gave that fiery sermon in Acts, what happened to him? Listen, there was pressure put on him before he got to that. Before we step out, we need to understand that we are also under pressure. A lot of us ignore it. But listen, when the heat get turned up on you, when the pressure on you, what is it that you're going to do? Right? Where is your discipleship? And I want to say this. We are not facing the same level of persecution they faced back then. We're not. Amen. We're not. I want to make sure I'm very Amen. clear on that. But we're all going through something. Yeah. Right? And the point of all of it is this. How are you going to respond? Right. Some of them were ready to die in the depression. Yeah. Some of them were ready to give their lives understanding that I'm going to deal with this pressure. I understand when I made this commitment, I understood that it equaled pressure. I'm willing to take it. How many of us, when we get in a situation, as I said, when the heat is up on us, going to strengthen our discipleship? Verse 11. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Listen, the things that we do with our body is glorifying God, even under pressure. You ain't going to always feel good. 
I guarantee there are some of us right now who it hurts to get out of bed in the morning. But guess what? You don't fold under that physical pressure because you understand that's going to come in the life that we live. So when death is working in us, it's working in us, but life in you. So see me overcoming because that's for those who are in the world. Remember, we got an obligation to go on out. But do we have the ability with facing pressure when we are out? To do the things that God would have us do in our discipleship. Okay. So pressure does what? Either can do what? Bust a what? Or it can make a what? And since we have the same spirit of faith, and all that requires faith, I don't want to miss that. According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Yeah. That's why we do it, because we believe in it. There's a commitment that was made. Alright? Jesus under pressure. Come on. Come on. Come on. So now we got to talk about Jesus. Yes, sir. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? In all four of the Gospels accounts, we see that particular instance. So the Garden, very quickly, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, get means pressing. Sheminin in Hebrew means oils. Mm-hmm. In other words, pressing oils. Mm-hmm. Wait for it, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Believed to be near the western slope of the Mount of Olives, right? I'm not going to get super into it, but I want to make sure that we just have a concept as we make this application. Mm-hmm. Olive, there was an olive grove in that garden with an olive press. So now, the symbolism in that alone is getting ready to move us. I hope the word of God moves us in this way. In the book, in uh, Luke, uh, chapter 22, beginning at verse 39. And he came out and went, as he was wont, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said to them, pray, thee, pray that he not enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast. That means I can throw a stone to how far he was. And kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Now, we got to understand that's pressure. Mm-hmm. Jesus was under pressure. We understand Jesus, mm-hmm. the fullness of God in Christ, the word incarnate in the flesh. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. All those different things. That's Jesus. But also, we don't want to miss out on the humanity of Jesus because that's what was facing pressure. Right. Right? So again, we talked about Peter. We always talk about Peter. Peter denied. We kind of, you know, we kind of look over that. Jesus was now facing imminent doom. Right. He had lived his entire life understanding that that is what his life was for, Mm -hmm. to die. How comfortable can you really get in a life knowing that you are living to die? Amen. For something not, I didn't do. I didn't do it. But I'm doing it because that's what God the Father wants of me. He asked that of me. So now as I go through this daily life, I understand. I'm not, think, I'm not wrapped up in that because I'm doing the, the Father of the will. I'm ministering. I'm out of healing. I'm doing miracles. I'm not wrapped up in the things that are to come until it's time. This is the night before. Now Jesus, this is the night in which he was betrayed. Now Jesus... It's feeling the pressure. I have to do this. We see it saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Yeah. This is pressure. Yeah. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Now in that pressure, what did he do? He prayed. Yeah. His discipleship is what we're seeing now. <clears throat> and being in agony, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. He prayed some more mm-hmm. under pressure. Yeah. And his sweat was at, as it were great drops of blood falling down. To the ground. Now, this is the account from Luke. Luke was a physician, so Luke is giving us physically 
what's happening to Jesus under pressure. Uh -huh. right? Think of when we're under pressure. Right? When the heat gets turned up, we start sweating too. Yeah. Right? Yes. That's right. The, the physiological response to pressure. Listen, it ain't fun. Right? So we got to understand what it means to truly be under pressure. So when we say Christian, we need to understand what that means. Discipleship is a test today. Yes. Pressure. Yeah. Discipleship equals pressure. Yeah. Yes, sir. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he and said to them, why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Now, we'll get back to that. What his response to the, his disciples. We'll get to that. But again, Jesus was facing the pressure. Now, I talked about uh, the, where he was. That's an olive press. That's someone using an olive press. What you see there are the olives being pressed. Right? And so when you are pressing Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, if we can use this as an example, the symbology, the symbolism is there. If we see it, Jesus is now being pressed on all sides. Perplexed, in despair, physically, being grinded now, sweating, understanding that I'm getting ready to die. I'm getting ready to give my life because this is what God the Father wants. So what comes out of that oil press, I mean, yeah, I said it, what comes out of the olive press is oil. Right? And we got to understand how valuable oil was during that time. Right. We have to understand that. Uh, and so we saw that in with Elijah and the widow, excuse me, when she had the ability because of the oil, the value of the oil to pay off her debts. That's how valuable oil was. So now Jesus and his discipleship being pressed is producing something that's valuable still to this day. Our salvation. That's what we take out. So now our the pressure that we face, is it producing something valuable? Went too many right? So now, how many of us are under pressure? Right? So now, when we look at that olive press, understand that discipleship equals pressure. How many of us right now in this place that we stand are under pressure? Right. Right. Marriages. Yeah. yeah. Husbands and wives. Yeah. I'm under pressure. Yeah. Right? The pressure of being a husband, a yeah. good husband, a faithful husband. Yeah. The pressure of being a good wife, a faithful, submissive wife. Yeah. Right. But there's still things that we got to contend with within the marriage. Yeah. Right? There's some things, there's a conversation that we got to have that is putting pressure on me because I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. But I got to have it. Yeah. There's pressure. Am I going to respond in the particular way? In our jobs, understanding, overworked and underpaid. Yeah. Putting pressure. Right? We are getting it every single day, but seeing minimal results. Yeah. And having to have faith that God is going to bring me through and put me in a better circumstance. Yeah. But I got to face and deal with the pressure. Yeah. And so now we got to understand those things. Listen, you all, our health, as I told you, some of you all may be feeling it this morning. Right? How many of you all have gotten a phone call from that doctor after you've had a visit? And the doctor said, hey, listen, it ain't looking too good. Yeah. This is X, Y, Z is what you got going on. That's pressure, you all. Yes, I wasn't anticipating hearing that news. I was otherwise having a good day until you called. Yeah, amen. I was having yeah. an all right day. Amen. Now there is extra pressure on top of everything else I got. Yeah. Pressure does what to pipes? But it also does what for diamonds? It makes them. We got to understand that. Yeah. Our kids, and I want to make sure that I do this for them as well. Our kids in their daily lives are facing pressure. Pressure of being in an environment where they know it's wrong. Yeah. Having friends 
doing things, watching things being done in that environment, having the, some of the things that they, I've talked to my son and some of the things that are said and done in school, I didn't, I didn't have to face those things. Right. I'm not even going to sit up and tell you no story in the world. The things that they deal with on an everyday basis, pressure you all, yeah. pressure from society to yeah. look and feel a particular way. And that's just not for kids, that's for everybody. Yeah. The pressure culturally that we have being in a society yeah. that puts so much value on culture and individualism. Yeah. Yeah. All those different things, that's pressure. Yeah. Yeah. How are we responding to said pressure? Yeah. The pandemic mm -hmm. put pressure on the whole world. Yeah. Put pressure on the whole world. Yeah. And what we saw out of that pressure, we saw some good and we saw some not so good. Yeah. So we've got to understand that we are under pressure, but our discipleship equals pressure. Yeah. So what, what will we do? Again, going back to that, the oil press. You see those olives being crushed and grinded. We saw Jesus being crushed, grinded, understanding imminent danger and doom, facing his death, but still produced something that is valuable still to this day. Again, my question is what are we producing? Right. Under pressure. So now that leads us to discipleship. Right? Very simply, listen, we'll just mm -hmm. get through it. Mm -hmm. Discipline is attached to that word discipleship. So discipline as a noun, what is it? Control gained by enforcing obedience or order. Orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior. Self-control discipline. Training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral Character. Discipline. Discipline as a verb. To train or develop by instruction and exercise, especially in what? Self-control. Yeah. Discipline. Yeah. To bring under control. Very simply, that's discipline. Now, when we talk about discipleship, we got to talk about discipline. Because, again, that's attached to who we are when we say we're Christians. And that there... Is going to lead you to some pressure. First Corinthians 9, beginning of verse 26. That's the scripture that we read into your hearing this morning. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now I did the New King James and the King James because uh, the version that was read this morning gives what the word that I was looking for. Uh, verse 27 in the New King James. But I discipline my body. And bring it into subjection. Now, listen, understand what Paul is saying to you. And Paul is not only speaking figuratively, but he's speaking literally. Understand, Paul went through. Yeah. Paul was yeah. under not just figurative pressure, mm -hmm. physical. He took beatings. He was beaten and left for dead. Yeah. And went back. Yeah. Understanding, hey, listen, the pressure ain't going to stop because I, I feel a particular way. That's right. Because the world treated me a particular way. Because yeah. I didn't get a result that I thought that I should have gotten. That's still pressure that you have to deal with. How many of us are comfortable walking into the fire? Mm -hmm. So now we got to understand, we talked about that self-control. That's important in terms of our discipleship. That denial of self that we quote so many times, that we talk about all the time. Uh, why, why is that important? The pressures faced in discipleship require discipline and self-control. So now we got to understand, when we say self-control, it's easy to say it. But how disciplined are you? How, how consistent are you to stick to a regimen of self-control that requires 
discipline, even in the face of pressure. So Galatians 5, beginning in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Now I used the King James Version because it gave the word that I was looking for. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 23, gentleness, self-control. Now, when we talk about denying self, what we're talking about is being disciplined enough to understand self-control. Now, to understand that, we have to understand the importance of it. The importance of it is because it's a fruit of the Spirit. And it's spiritual in nature. So now, if you are not disciplining yourself every day, understanding that God has given you all the tools that you need to be disciplined and stick to the regimen that he prescribed to you, for self-control, now understand, in that self-control, some of us got some things that we have got to control. Mm-hmm. And that brings us under pressure. Yeah. Yes, but that's a part uh, of your discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. You deal with those things. Because again, discipleship equals what? Pressure. But the fruit of the Spirit, going down, gentleness, self-control, you got to get it under wraps. Paul said, listen, I beat my body to bring it into subjection because I know there's some things that I'll do if I don't keep this thing in check. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I might say some things to somebody I ought not to say. I might be in a particular place with a particular person I ought not to be in. That's right. I might say yes to a job I know ain't the right thing for me. That's right. Under pressure. Yeah. How many of us us say yes to things because folks just pressure us? We know, just to get them out of our hair. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Moses. Was under pressure. People get on your nerves. Now listen, I'm going to be very clear about that. Right. Moses was under pressure from the people. He said, "Listen, y'all here. Get this. Y'all going somewhere? Drink the water. Go on it on." <laughs> pressure. The appropriate amount of pressure. And again, I want to make sure I, I made light of that, but I want to make sure that we understand that's real. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Your self control is tied to your discipleship. Man. Pressure is tied to discipleship. Man. So now, how much control do you have under pressure? Mm-hmm. We're under pressure, y'all. We're, that's us. We're under pressure, y'all. It's getting hot in here now. Like, yeah. I, bet you, I laugh when you said that because I'm glad you said that because I ain't want to be up here doing this because right. it could get hot. Yes, sir. All right. Let's go a little bit deeper in Isaiah. We'll, uh, and just, I'm, I'm going to read it for you all. Uh, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Willing and obedient. That willingness... Is attached to us. We now, through Christ, have been given a stronger decision-making process through Christ. Our will is in that process. Yeah. How strong is our will Come to on. keep those things in check that we know we got a problem with? Yeah. Listen, you all, and I want to be very clear. I'm, I want to be very, very open and honest in this moment. When we teach the gospel, what we have to explain to folks is, look, when you come out of the Lord and grave of baptism, when you understand giving your life over, what does not happen for you is you are not perfect. That's right. That's right. You have the ability to now strive through the sanctification process every day to work towards perfection. Amen. Understanding that pressure is on you from a life that you used to live. Amen. Them things ain't gone nowhere. The things that you have been doing for an entirety of your life, when you obey the gospel, you still got to deal with it. And that there is pressure. Amen. How much self-control do you have? And do you understand the need for it and for it to grow because it's a fruit of the Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Say that. So now, Romans chapter 7. When we talk about Romans chapter 7, what I just gave you all was pressure. Mm -hmm. 
I find in Romans 7, beginning of verse 31, I find in the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. I, I, listen, I know it's right. I, I, I'm here every Sunday. I, every time the door is open, I'm walking through. I, I love my brothers and our sisters. Yes, sir. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it, it ain't nothing that I wouldn't do for them. However, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Listen, yeah. there are things that are within me that are putting pressure on my life. Yeah. Oh, wretched man that I am. Listen, I want you all to look at verse 24. There's an exclamation point. Oh, wretched man that I am. Understand, that's someone crying out because he's facing pressure. I'm yeah. under pressure, and the pressure ain't coming from nobody but myself that's right. because of who I used to be. That's right. Things that I still am struggling to let go, but Christ has freed me from those things. So when we read Romans chapter 7, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself, I myself now, because of the yeah. will that we've gained, the self-control that we have gained and earned through Christ because we believe. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And we didn't earn it. Let me go back. That's grace and mercy. It yeah. allows us Amen. to be in the place to Amen. receive. I want to make sure I do that for you. Yes, sir. Romans chapter 6. So now we can't understand Romans chapter 7 if we don't understand Romans chapter 6. Because that war, the thing that we're contending with in our members, Romans yes, chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Yeah. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Listen, the things that I used to do with my body, I don't have to do those things, because Christ freed me from those things. But understand, to free yourself, that requires discipline, self-control. But you can't get to none of that until you understand Romans chapter 6 and what was done for you. So now, pressure equals discipleship. Where is our discipleship under pressure? All right, y'all. Oh, I'm about done, y'all. I am. I'm about done. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give an application. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best to give an application. So a lot of us here I, I'm familiar. We, we like combat sports, boxing in particular. Right. So I'm going to use boxing as an analogy when it comes to pressure and discipleship uh, and being under constant pressure. So to be a good fighter, uh, I have a nephew who is into combat sports and he, you know, he he's good. Right. You know, he's good. But in my personal opinion, he lacks the discipline. Right? He lacks the discipline to go to be anything more than an amateur. And I'm not saying it, but be that on my, I'm using that as an example. It requires discipline. You have to be disciplined in the way that you live your life. You have to subscribe to the regimen that's been given to you from the trainers. Your diet has to be very specific. You have to every day get up at a particular time, making sure you get enough calories and protein, making sure you're building the appropriate amount of muscle. And if you need to drop some down, having the ability to understand the need to cut that weight, you got to be disciplined. Right? Being a fighter is no joke. Man, right? man. It is no joke. So now we also got to understand that for us, being a disciple is not something to be played with. Man. Our discipline 
should be growing. We should understand that we're going to face pressure. So now we're going to get into a fight, y'all. We're going to get into it. So now, there are several uh, different types of punches, punches in boxing, different kind of combinations. All, I'm, that's not the point of any of what I'm saying. The point is, there are, I'm going to go over a few knockout punches. There's three of them that I, I'm going to go over. There is the, what is it? The, there's the cross. Most of you are familiar with the cross. Then there's the left hook and the right hook. And then you got the counterpunch. The counterpunch I'm not so concerned about because that is what you make of. Right? But those first two, the cross and the left to right hook, you know, what happens is for those knockout punches, for more inexperienced fighters, if you're going for a knockout punch, what happens is you'll have the ability, you'll telegraph it, right? If you're, if you're more inexperienced. So as a fighter, if I'm seeing, I know somebody's going for the knockout because they have, it requires an appropriate amount of pressure. It requires some power. To knock somebody out, you listen to you all. You can't go out there just swing, trying to knock somebody out. You got to draw within you. You got to bow up and hit somebody because it requires. So now when I see someone doing that, I know they finna try to knock me out. So now if I got a little bit of skill, guess what I'm going to do? We're going to move on out the way. Easy enough. So now we understand. So now we'll, and we'll get to this. So that's what we do. And so when I, I use that as an example because a lot of the times what happens is we have the ability to deal only with the surface things, right? The easy things, right? We deal with the easy things. Well, you know, I don't use foul language, so I ain't, ain't no stronghold for me. So anybody trying to knock me out that way, I can move on out of the way. That's not that big of an issue for me. I don't drink, so that's not an issue for me. I don't smoke. I don't do any of those things that we always talk about over and over. I don't do any of those things. Man, that's, those are... If anybody trying to knock me out in that way, those aren't strongholds for me. So very simply, you're going to telegraph the punch. So what I'm going to do is move on out the way. Yeah, right. Now, so what happens is this, though. I spend so much time on those things that I miss the other punches that I like. Right, come on. Come on now. Come on now. Body blows. Yeah. Right? So now, both, don't get me wrong now. You get knocked out from a knockout punch. That's, that, it's designed to knock you out. When you out, you out cold. You're going to sleep. And understand for us spiritually, if we allow those things to hit us, that's the eternal sleep. Yeah. Understand, we got to overcome. Our pressure is tied to the discipleship. We got to endure. We have to. We have to understand. It says in the, in the scriptures, we'll get to it. So now, the body shot. Understand the effectiveness of the body shot. The body shot is very, very continual. It's very gradual. Right? Very continual. Say, for instance, you, know, you consider yourself very speedy. You like to move around a little bit. Right? Continual blows to the body, what it does is it slows you down. It's so when you slow down, you don't have that weapon that you have being able to jump around and move around the ring. Yeah. Now what you got to do is you got to fight. Yeah. So now what you're doing is you, that body, you, you're taking a beating in that body now. Yeah. So the first thing you're going to do is now you're scared because, oh, I can't move around. Now I got to protect my what? Because yeah. I, I, a knockout punch. Yeah. I don't have the speed or the stamina to dodge anymore. So now, guess what I got to do? I got to try to protect my body because I'm hurting. Yeah. Not that point. The things that we thought were easy for us yeah. will get you because we didn't have the discipline to understand the training prescribed to us by Christ. Yeah. So now we jumped out there. Yeah, I can get past those body shots. But what's happening is for some of us, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, 40 years in the body taking body shots, yeah. we have been gradually pressed on. Being gradually backed into a corner. Haven't been paying attention. All we've been doing is trying to avoid the knockout. But you forget that those body blows will take you out. So let me give you the difference between being knocked out by a body blow 
and a knockout. I told you the knockout. The knockout, you done. You down. Down for the count. Matthew 26, beginning of verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Again, the pressure we talked about him. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Yeah. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. Mm-hmm. Walking with Jesus, they were taking body blows. Yeah. Right? The, the things that you can avoid, you can do those. Again, I told you, if they're telegraphing power punches, you know they come to knock you out. You can move around from those things. But those things that you don't see, the things that we ain't dealt with, the things that continuously eat at us when we know they're there, but we continue to move on as if we are okay. Body shots, spiritually. Because so now this, this is what happens. I'm getting ready to tell you the difference between a body shot and a, and a knockout punch. All right. Verse 41. Watch and pray that ye enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. Body shots. If you get knocked out from a steady, healthy diet of body shots, listen, you are not knocked out. Because in your mind, I can still go, but your body ain't going nowhere. Because you have taken a beating. Yeah, right. Listen, you all. The spirit indeed is willing. Yes, it is. But the flesh. Yeah, yeah. If you ain't disciplined yourself, yeah. if you don't understand that you have to withstand the pressure yeah. in your discipleship, you ain't going nowhere. Right. You can say it all day. You can say fruits of the spirit, self-control, all those different things. We can quote it front, back, yeah. side to side. But if you ain't disciplined, yeah. you ain't getting up. Right. All right. All right, so now we got to understand. And I'm closing you all. This, is, this was it. So now, with that concept of understanding, we're going to continue my, my boxing application. Y'all be with me. I'm trying to work through it. So now we got to get back in the fight. We understand that as fighters, uh, we are fighting in our everyday lives. We are fighting with different things. I don't know what you're going through, but I know you're going through something. I'm going through something. But we're fighting. Right? So now we're back in the fight. We understand that we've been prescribed a training plan. We are disciplined now. Now we're getting back into it. Because 1 Corinthians 9, 26, it says, uh, the verse that we read earlier, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Listen, you know what that means? That means I'm not out here just swinging. You, know, you ever heard about a puncher's chance? You know what that means? That means if you just swing and hit something, you, gonna, you might knock somebody out. That's a puncher's chance. Yeah. No, that's not what we're doing. We're more disciplined than that. We've got a little bit more self-control to stick with the plan. So now we're fighting because we have been trained. We understand that Jesus has freed us from those things that have the ability to take us out through effective body punching. Right? Not only that, we can still maintain our discipline to protect ourselves and block those knockout punches. So here we go. All right, so now that happens in Philippians 3, 13, 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, Give you a little quick. So, the best way, now again, understand, body shots are no joke, but the best way to contend with the body shot is to what? Take the body shot. Right? You have to have the ability to take, because you, listen, you all, you're going to take some pressure. But what happened is, in my training, I understand that. When you see those fighters having that medicine ball and their trainers are throwing it down on their midsection, what they're doing is they're strengthening that core because when you get hit, what you do is 
And you keep moving. You have to continue to move. Yeah. So now what happens is Jesus is saying, I press toward the mark. Get out of there. Yeah. Jesus, your corner man, is saying, hey, get out of there. Mm -hmm. Don't just stand there and take it. You move towards me. Continue to move. Move your feet. Keep moving. Don't just stand in there and wait to get knocked out. Keep right. those feet moving. Stay off those ropes. Press towards me because they are coming with those body shots. But you got to have the ability to do what? Roll with the punches. Yes, sir. All right. So now we're still in the fight, y'all. Y'all stay with me. Galatians 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So that, what they're saying is now what I have to do is I have to make my adjustments because I'm hurting. Now, I'm in this fight. Listen, you ain't going to go into a fight and not get hurt. And you're not going to say that you are a Christian and not deal with pressure and be hurt in your life. You got to get in there. The corner man said, get off those ropes. Keep moving. Shuffle your feet. Remember your training. So now what happens is. The flesh that I live in, the things that have the ability throughout life to convict me if I allow it, because, again, that will has been now attached to the spirit in which God gave me through Christ. So now what happens is I'm moving, right? And I feel the pain. I feel it, you all. But now it becomes mind over matter. I can take it because now what am I doing? I'm still rolling with those punches. If I have to adjust myself into a Philly shell to protect my head and my body, listen what I'm doing. I'm doing everything I can because I can't go down. I can't. All right. Let me not get ahead. All right. So now we're back at Jesus, our corner man. We got to go back. to. So now we're out of that round. We're out, we out of that round. We took, a, we took a good beating, but we ain't go down. We stood. We rolled with the punches. All right. Jesus, our corner man. All right. The reason why he has the ability to be our corner man is because of Hebrews chapter five, verse six. As he saith also in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he has offered up prayers and supplications, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Now, a lot of times you want to find you a trainer that understands boxing. You want somebody in your corner that understands fighter mechanics, understand the things that can prescribe you a training plan. Because most times, you know, they, they've been boxing. You know, yeah. Sometimes what you want is you want to find a boxer to train a boxer. That's, I don't want nobody talking to me about, not, listen, I can't talk to nobody about being a boxer. I, I watch it on TV. You don't want to listen to me. Right. You want somebody who, is, who understands and who's understood, who been there, who has taken some punches, who has been successful. If you can find it, listen, Jesus is the champion. Amen. Come on now, listen, that's what I'm listening to. So, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Listen, that means he took it all for us, mm -hmm. right? So he can tell you how to take a punch. Yeah. Because he took them. Yeah. He died for us. Yeah. Understand, you talking about rolling with the punches? We understood and we saw him being under pressure and what it did for us. So we understood all those different things. So now, we are back in the fight. Got to get back in the fight, all right? Jesus has now... Not only is he giving us good advice, but he's, he's cleaning us up, right? He's, he's sewing us up, getting the cold press, getting the swelling down now, right? He's getting us, getting us, giving us that pep talk, getting us back out there, healing us, making sure we can still continue to last. Because we got to make it, you all, because yeah. we're tired. But we understand, I trust my training. Every time I take a body shot, what do I do? Because I understand the ability to have to take a shot. Right? Victory in Jesus, right? So now, we talked about I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. All right. So now, also, 1 Corinthians 15, 
Verse 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, we already won. All we have to do is just trust in the things that's been given us to hold on to the victory. Because it's been done. Again, you have the champion who has overcome death, the author of our salvation. Through him is how we are able to fight. Our discipleship comes through Jesus who also faced pressure but made a diamond. That oil press, understanding the value in that oil, the value of those diamonds, that's for us. So again, we don't just what? Fold under pressure. We continue to fight because we stay in it. Because listen, you all, you're going to have to fight. Man. You're going to have to fight. So again, the next time somebody explains to say, oh, I'm a Christian, go through it with me. Are you? Let me check your training. That's it, you all. That's what Jesus provides for us. You see that? Look at that. He ain't getting up. <laughs> he ain't getting up. And so now on, when he's laying on the mat, I don't know if it was a head knockout or if it was a body punch, but either way, he ain't getting up. Man. Could you imagine being knocked out and having to look up at somebody standing over you? Knock me out. Put me. I don't want to see that. Yeah. So, again, as I said, I, I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know. Uh, but I know you're going through something. As I said, I'm, I as well am going through something. And we got to understand that Jesus gives us everything that we need to overcome in our lives. Man. We just have to trust him. Yeah. We just have to know what he's given. Trust Man. in what he's given. Man. Understand that when we take on the banner of Christ, that means you're going to face pressure. Yes, sir. So don't fold under that pressure. Don't be scared of that. That's right. The best way to, take a punch, uh, to train for a punch is to take a punch. Man. Right? You know, you have to have the ability to roll with the punches. We say that, but do we understand what rolling with the punches mean? That means you got to be able to take one. So, again, I I trust and pray that someone was encouraged this morning. I was convicted by the word, and I I hope that you all have been convicted as well. And just understand that if you are struggling in your life, as I extend the invitation, understand that you have the ability through Christ, uh, who is the author of our salvation. Uh, If you have not yet given your life over to God, understand that you face a pressure. You are. Whether you choose to admit it or not. He knows you're under pressure. What Christ gave was for you to get out of that pressure. And not just get out of it, but to be able to take it and overcome through him. Because you got to fight. But the way that you're fighting outside of Christ is far different than being in Christ. And you need him. So again, you've heard enough. Allow the word to convict you in such a way to move you into obedience. Understand the way that I'm living my life is not going to cut. It very simply will not cut. And I just need... To come into Christ, obeying that gospel, realizing, confessing that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the ruler. Needs to be the ruler in my heart. Having dominion over my heart and my life and my body. Give those things to him. Whatever you're wrestling with, whatever you're fighting with right now, we'll help you. Come on up. Understand, give your life over to God. And if you are a member, and you have been in a lifelong fight, and you have seen yourself being pushed back on the ropes... This morning, you have the ability to get off the ropes. You have the ability to remember the training. Remember the things that Jesus has given to you. The strength that you have in Christ, being in Christ, gives us the victory, which has already been secured. So as we stand for our invitation song, I have one request for you all. You stand. I have one request for you all. And, And if you were encouraged or convicted or helped, with anything that was said by the word. Don't thank me. 
What I would like for you to do, if you could all honor my request, is thank God for the pressure that he's put on me. Amen. Thank God for the heat that has turned up in my life. That's what you think. Don't thank me. Thank him for my understanding of needing to roll with the punches. The person that I face right now standing talking to you. Amen. So if, again, that's the lesson. I hope you all were encouraged. I hope and pray someone was helped. Go ahead, Brother Jim. I must tell Jesus all of my trials, and I cannot bear.